I'm Tamara, if you don't know me, um, and I've got a question for you. Um, who of you guys has a friend who is a fanatic about something? Maybe it's a movie or a book or a band. Okay, okay, hands down. Who of you are the fanatics about something? Who of you are the... Okay, you guys are the people who drive us crazy. All right. Um, see, I, I've been researching fanatics this week. And here's some of the people who I found, right? This guy is a Nintendo fanatic. Um, I can't decide whether he's actually standing on his bed and that's his Duna cover or whether he's got a carpet that is Mario. I don't know which of those is better or sadder either. Um, all right, next one. He's hiding in there, but this guy's actually a Santa fanatic and he collects Santas. That's pretty strange. Um, Cat fanatic. Yep. This girl's pretty crazy about cats. All right. And the last one, he is a Big Mac fanatic. In 2004, he had had 20,000 Big Macs. That's pretty crazy. And I can't believe he's so skinny. How, how does he stay like that? Um, okay. So we're talking about fanatics, all right? Um, and I reckon... There are definitely some Christians who people would call fanatics. Um, maybe you're not a Christian and you reckon that all Christians are fanatics. Um, and tonight we're going to look at whether that's true. Is being a Christian anywhere near as crazy as one of those guys? Do you have to be a fanatic to be a Christian? Um, and I reckon the part of the Bible that we've already read tonight actually has a really interesting answer. So stay with me as we figure it out. Um, but my talk tonight is kind of a little bit like a TV show. You know how like TV shows at the start of it, they have the previously on so-and-so. Or they have the story so far. Well, tonight we're going to have our own versions of both of those. All right? So previously in Romans. Um, this part of the Bible is actually written by a guy called Paul. Um, and at the moment, Paul is in the middle of an argument. Um, here's the first important thing that was previously said in Romans. The only way to be friends with God and to get to heaven is to trust in Jesus. All right, here's what Paul said up on the screen. Righteousness, so being right with God, is given through faith, through trust in Jesus Christ to all who believe. For all have sinned. All of us have done the wrong thing and are justified freely by his grace. Romans is pretty clear that you can never be good enough on your own. You can never earn your way to God on your own. Just listen up, guys. Um, but then Paul goes on to ask an obvious question after he said that. If me being right with God and going to heaven isn't depending on what I do, then why don't I just do whatever I like and sin as much as I want because it's not going to affect anything? Um, last week, we saw Paul's first answer to this question, um, and that is, if you're in Christ, you're dead to sin. And now we come to this week. So look at verse 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. It's pretty much the same question as last week, um, but tonight we'll see a slightly different answer. 
In this passage, Paul says, why not just sit as much as I want? Because God is my master. That's the big idea of this passage. Um, That's what this passage is about. God is my master. All right, so that's previously in Romans. Um, One, you can't be right with God by what you do, but only through trusting in Jesus. And two, why not just sin as much as I want? Last week it was because I'm dead to sin. And this week it's because God is my master. All right, our next TV episode heading is The Story So Far. Um, except I've added a little bit. So it's actually your life, the story so far. Um, And here we're going to look at a couple of assumptions that Paul goes into this passage with. Um, So he automatically starts talking to Christians, but there's a couple of things that he's assumed has already happened in their life as he's talking to them. So we're actually going to look at those first. Um, There's actually two parts to the story so far. Part one is only two masters. There are some things where there's no gray area. Um, There's no sitting on the fence. There's no in-between. For me, this is Vegemite. I feel like you either really hate Vegemite, it's the grossest thing ever, or you really love Vegemite and it's the most Australian thing ever. No gray gray area. Hate it, love it. Um, And here, I reckon it's pretty clear. Um, Paul says that your life can serve only one of two masters. It's one or the other. There's no in-between. Have a look at verse 16. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Paul's really clear here. And he says it a bunch more times. If you just read the passage, he says it again and again. Um, Either sin is your master or obedience to God is your master. There are only two possible masters in your life and you aren't one of those options. Um, Now, I know at the moment you're probably pretty distracted by the picture I put up there because this is my cute puppy, Holly. Um, She is now 11 years old and she's a Cocker Spaniel. Um, and I am her master. Um, so what it means for her to come after my, under my mastership is that when I say, she obeys. So if I say sit, she sits. If I say get off the lounge, she gets off the lounge. If I say stop terrorizing the visitors, she stops eventually. Um, I'm master. I say she obeys. Uh, Some of you might be sitting there completely disagreeing with Paul's point um, about there only being two possible masters, obedience to God or sin. You might know that God isn't your master, but it might shock you to hear that the Bible says that the only alternative to that is having sin as your master. And I guess the question that I'd want to ask you is, If you think that you are your master, then what you say, sin obeys. So could you choose right now to stop sinning? Could you choose never to lie, never to hurt anyone, never to cheat or steal or be selfish? Could you choose that right now and sin would obey you? 
Because if you think that you're your master, then that's what would happen. But I think deep down we all know that Paul's right, the Bible's right, God's right. By ourselves, we're stuck in sin. Without God, sin is your master. Sin says, lie, cheat, be selfish, be lazy, put yourself in front of others, and we obey. Sin is our default master. And that's actually pretty bad news for all of us because masters matter. Um, Part two of the story so far, your life, um, is that there's two destinations. Your master is leading you to woods, one of two destinations. Have a look at verse 23. Everyone, look at your Bibles. Verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Sin is leading you towards death. We're talking eternal death, separation from God. Um, The word wage there is talking about what you earn. So when you work, when you have a job, you earn a wage, you have your salary, you get what you deserve, you get what you earn. Um, And what the Bible says here is that what we earn for our sin that we're stuck in is death. Um, But here's the good news. Look at verses 17 and 18 with me. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. God has freed Christians from the horrible master of sin that was leading to death, freely. We're stuck in sin. We can't do anything. We're living our way towards death. But Jesus steps in and does everything that we couldn't do. All we need to do is accept that gift, accept his forgiveness that he offers, and we'll be set free from sin. The destination Christians are heading to, the destination of people who have God as their master, is eternal life. All right, so that's part one and part two of your life, the story so far. Um, You can choose to stay with sin as your master and get exactly what you earn, which is death. Or you can choose to trust Jesus, let God free you from sin and accept his gift of eternal life. So then, if I accept God's gift, if I make him my master, we come back to the question at the start. Do I have to be a fanatic to be a Christian? Um, this is what we were waiting for. We're on the home stretch already. Um, and I think the answer is pretty clear from the way that Paul describes your life now with God as your master. Do Christians have to be fanatics? Yes. Firstly, because he describes your new life as slavery. And I reckon that's a pretty shocking thing for all of us. Like, whoa, (laughs) slavery. (laughs) The Bible's telling me I'm a slave. Isn't that a bad thing? Um, And I think something to be pretty clear from the start is that 
God doesn't like the oppressive view of slavery that we have so often in our world. God is not for that. He is against that. Um, He tells us to take care of oppressed people. Um, Jesus says that he comes to free slaves, um, which, yeah, is also spiritually, but, yeah, God God loves people. Um, He doesn't condone slavery. He doesn't say that that's okay in the sense that we usually think about. Um, But um, this is a good type of slavery. Um, It's a life lived in obedience to our master who loves us, who made us, and who know, knows exactly what is best for us. Um, I think you can get this picture pretty clearly if you think about a train. So um, a train, if it had a personality, it might say, oh, I want to be free. I, I don't want to be a slave or restricted by anything. I'm just going to go racing off across the grass. Um, but... Is the train free when it's racing across the grass? Is it going to get very far? No. No. When is the train most free? Yeah, on the tracks. The train was made to be a certain way and be free within a certain sense. And so that's like us. Um, We are actually most free when we're living the way that God made us to. Um. But still, it's described as slavery. It's a pretty extreme description. It's a life striving for total obedience to God. And I find it really challenging. If you're a Christian, are you offering yourself to God for him to be your master completely? Don't let yourself forget who you are. Don't let yourself forget that you are God's, that he is your master, that you've offered yourself to him. If it will help you, write it on your hand. Write it on the toilet wall or somewhere where you'll see it often and you can remind yourself that you are not your own. You've offered yourself to God. He is your good master. Um, Strive for total obedience to him. Um. Do I have to be a fanatic fanatic to be a Christian? Yes, Paul describes the Christian life as slavery. But also, yes, Uh, look at verse 19, halfway through. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. Just as we once offered ourselves to sin, now and even more, we're supposed to offer ourselves to righteousness. How hard have you chased sin in the past? Have you stayed up all night to waste time or um, to look at things that you shouldn't be looking at? Um, Have you spent all of your money on wasteful things or selfish things? Have you put friendships on the line for sin? Have you given up other things that you wanted because you wanted a particular sin so bad? How hard you chased sin in the past? That hard and even more is how hard we're supposed to chase righteousness now. We're supposed to be fanatics, not lukewarm Christians 
who half-heartedly try to stop doing the sins that they're not that attached to. Be ruthless. Remember who you are. Um, Remember that God is your loving master. Offer yourselves completely to him. Chase righteousness. God is my master. Um, Let me pray for us. Dear God, I thank you so much that um, you free us from our slavery to sin. We thank you that you do that um, all you, all by grace, all as a gift, because we know that by ourselves we had no hope. Um, We pray, God, that for those of us who are Christians, who have let, let you set us free, we pray that you would help us to live our whole lives Um, seeking to do what you want us to do. We pray that we would remember that um, you're our master. Uh, We pray that you would help us to offer ourselves completely in obedience to you. We pray that no area of our life would be um, too close for you to touch, but we pray that um, we would be willing to change everything because we love you that much. Um, We pray, God, Um, that you would help us to chase righteousness hard. Amen.